Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Besides us, who is the greatest boy band of all time? Besides us. Controversial, but you got to go with New Edition, right? Yeah, I would say so. Way ahead of the curve. Who's worst boy band, NSYNC or the Beatles? I got to give it to NSYNC on that one. Is it because they couldn't play the, any instruments? A couple of those guys can fuck around on guitar oh, a little bit. son of a bitch. Just in my lap. I pee-peed my pants. NSYNC made four albums, and one of them is a Christmas album. So for everyone who heard the Justin Bieber episode, it's pretty obvious what this was the whole time. Bullshit. From the jump, money-grabbing bullshit. They also came out of the gate with a single called I Want You Back, which happened to work out pretty well as a song title about 40 years earlier for a little kid named Michael Jackson. Some of you may have heard of that. Oh, who's uh, that? <laughs> is he famous? Is he a famous guy? The thing is about a lot of these bands and NSYNC definitely falls into this. It's so painfully obvious that they are just chomping off everybody that came before them. Oh, yeah. It's not even like there's no way anybody could say with a straight face that they were like original or interesting in any way, shape or form. Every single thing they had done has been done, done before them. Am I original? No. Alternate title of this episode may as well be 90s Nostalgia is Gross, because that's the only reason that we're talking about NSYNC right now. This band's music never mattered. It didn't matter, like, at yeah. all. Just because a whole group of people remember something, a whole generation of people remember something, does not make it good. Sure. You still know all of the lyrics to a song like Savage Garden's I Want You or Eve Six's Inside Out, because those are awesome songs. You know the lyrics to three and sync songs because they were forced into your consciousness a dozen times a day for a period of five years, 10 years. If NSYNC is your favorite band because the music is so great, then I'm sure every NSYNC fan would have no problem listening to only the songs Giddy Up, Digital Get Down, and Up Against the Wall on repeat for at least a week, right? Just a week straight listening to those songs? That's a challenge the fandom should be willing to accept here on the spot without worrying it may ruin their enjoyment of NSYNC, right? There's so many bands people are so proud to know the B-sides of. You know, you think of like, oh, you, you've never heard Led Zeppelin's blah, blah, blah song. It's some like B-side on some random single they put out that never, no one ever knows about. There's always super fans. InSync has nobody that's proud of the, knowing the B-sides. Nobody's like, oh, my favorite InSync song is, I don't even know. What, are the, what, are the, what did you say? What was the name of the song? Digital Horse? Uh, one of the songs I said was Digital Get Down. It is about, it is about cyber sex. It is a Ooh. very bad song. Song about cyber Wait, sex. no, it's not necessarily about... It's more about like... Um, Having AOL... Like, it, like, like, vid sex? like video chat sex, I think, would be the specific subject matter. If you were video chatting when this came out, like, holy... Wow, you, you're like rich. Because you would have had like some, some dial-up modem yeah. shit, like AOL or something. Gross. Anyways, oh, well, my point is, is that nobody is like flying high on the I know everything there is to know about NSYNC. There aren't that many hits is the other thing, man. The NSYNC no. is such an utterly pointless group that one of the 10 top songs on their This Is NSYNC Spotify playlist is their guest spot on a song by the artist Joe. And if you're listening to this or watching this and you don't know who the artist Joe is, that's my entire point. NSYNC doesn't even have 10 songs that most people want to hear more than most people want to hear Joe. They are uh, definitely up there in the uh, theme of the power of nostalgia that we hammer on so often in this. You know, I did see someone tweet the other day and I got to think that they're probably a fan of the show that they were like, oh man, once uh, the nostalgia of whatever song they were tweeting about wore off, I realized that this shit's like really cringy. And instinct is not immune to that. It doesn't hold up. It, it's not good. The two hits aside, I think most NSYNC fans will admit that at least the production and songwriting on the first album are horrible. The tracks sound like bootleg club remixes of New Jack Swing songs from the 80s. New Jack Swing is fucking incredible. Please do not take that as an insult of New Jack Swing. Sure. But I don't want to hear dollar store New Jack Swing tracks. There are entire documentaries about how all this stuff went down. So if anyone wants the whole story, go back and watch those. But it is a fact that NSYNC were working on a shoestring budget the whole first album cycle because the guy funding this was running a fucking Ponzi scheme 
for decades and all the money that he got he had already was making money from Backstreet Boys all the money that he got went towards debts to keep people from suing him so he couldn't put it behind this he couldn't back them with money they used to have to trade stage clothes with each other and mix and match shirts and pants just to make it look like everyone was wearing a different outfit from the last time they did a show yeah when you look at the beginning of this career these guys got sent to work with max martin but this is way before max martin became who you think of when you think of max martin yeah this would have been at the forefront of his career really he did not have he was someone else's apprentice basically still at this time he did not have the reputation or price tag that he has today he got that reputation when he wrote most of the millennium album for backstreet boys mm-hmm. and the fans are gonna say yeah, the first NSYNC album sucks because it was made on the cheap, like I just said, and the boys weren't the ones making the decisions yet, except this is the exact same way that the first Backstreet Boys album was made, too. Same people, Max Martin, same guy funding it, same budget, it's all the same shit. Everything behind the scenes happens exactly the same way. Compare the first Backstreet Boys album to the first NSYNC album. Mm-hmm. Which one's better? It is no. not close. Not even on any planet. Backstreet Boys was infinitely better, is still infinitely better. Backstreet Boys obviously was not just a band that was just used to launch one individual's career. I don't think that was on purpose so much as them, again, uh, just like I said, doing the bare minimum necessary to make the thing work. Sure. I don't think that that anyone's plan was we're going to do this wasn't a Destiny's Child situation. We're only doing this in order to make my daughter famous. It was we only really need one or two guys that can sing. And JC was a better singer than Justin. Even Justin will admit that. So they got two guys who could sing, three guys to fill out the background because Lou Pearlman, Lou Pearlman, I can't say that guy's name. Pearlman. Lou Pearlman. Lou Pearlman. Lou. Lou. <laughs> it's, it's the first and second one. <laughs> it's the first and last name together. Lou, Lou Pearlman. Lou Pearlman. Lou Pearlman thought he had rules worked out for how all this shit should go down. Yeah. I did a, uh, a scientific survey uh, today um, before I came over here. I played I Want It That Way and Bye 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 for my little children. Specifically asked them which one of these songs is better. And uh, they both unanimously, it was, it was across the line, across the board. It was, it was Backstreet Boys, hands down yeah. winning. And judging by the amount of dancing that they were doing to the Backstreet Boys, I was like, oh, This is just better music. We'll get into why uh, this is the case. But the fact is, most of NSYNC's songs are not very good to do actual dancing to. They have all these like stop, start, herky, jerky rhythms where they're just jumping around on the beat. But the only way to dance to that is the actual choreo that they're doing. It's not for dancing. There's not a very good groove to it. It's just bah, bah, bah. It's like musical pyro. Yeah, I totally agree. I feel like every NSYNC song that I played for them, which it's so rigid versus like Backstreet Boys has just got like this flow and ebb. It's just smooth and nice. And then you watch the uh, Backstreet Boys videos and you see, oh, Everyone in the band actually has like a moment in these songs. There's no real, honestly, that I could tell watching the stuff that I watched. There's no real lead singer in Backstreet Boys. Not really. Whereas maybe Lou woke up one day and said, oh, that was a mistake. We should have, you know, one person be the, you know, not officially the lead singer, but we'll put him at the front of the next album, which is what they did. The difference I would say comes down to soul. I think Backstreet Boys had soul in a way that... In sync did not. Yeah. You know? It feels more organic. Maybe some guys that actually like each other and they like enjoy what they're doing. Whereas in sync really does feel like jamming people together and training them to do it like it's a job. Every member of Backstreet Boys could sing well enough to take the lead on songs. And in sync had two actual singers and three other dudes who each fit one of the visual archetypes that this Svengali character behind the scenes decided were necessary. Yeah. And the way you know that NSYNC stands care more about that than the music is that JC was undeniably the best singer in NSYNC. Even Justin Timberlake has said that, but that's not who was called up for a superstar solo career. It was the pretty one who dated Britney Spears and was in the news all the time. That's how this shakes out. Fame trumps musical ability. All you have to do is rewind and look at, okay, so this is a pre-social media era. Being in the press for good or bad things was going to give you, it's almost like instead of tweeting something stupid and people paying attention to you, Timberlake dating Britney Spears and being in the news automatically got him attention that 
that he couldn't have gotten anywhere else. And so when you're getting a ton of attention, even if it's for, for shitty stuff, they're just going to go, oh, it makes sense. He's the pretty one that's in the center of all the photos. He's got a ton of attention. He's got a ton of press and publicity, maybe for good or bad reasons. He's going to be the one that we launch forward as hard as we can. As far as NSYNC in relation to Perlman's later boy bands, talking about O-Town, LFO, 98 Degrees, by the time these acts were being put together, the boy band thing had taken over pop music. So the guys trying out in auditions for those groups were much better singers and dancers than NSYNC. Mm -hmm. NSYNC was just in this weird middle time. They were the first ones to copy Backstreet Boys before anyone really realized there was enough room in this market to make millions of dollars doing that. They were able to capitalize on this market that Backstreet Boys created. 98 Degrees, objectively, the guys were better looking. They could sing better, more talented throughout the little group that they were. It got better in time, not worse. But then people's appetites for music changed. It was just this really weird pocket in the way, because when Backstreet Boys got big, boy bands were not a thing. New kids had fallen out of fashion. There was all other kinds of genres happening at the time. Nirvana that's and exactly, literally, this, this is exactly what I was going to say. Basically Nirvana, only it's for pop music, where it was like people were looking for something different and they filled that void. I'm not just talking about the first album. Memes aside, the song that fans still bring up the most when it comes to NSYNC's supposed superiority is Bye Bye Bye. Mm-hmm. Co-written by one of the writers on Backstreet Boys, I Want It That Way. There is no chance that Bye 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 even exists if the Backstreet Boys don't happen. This is a scientific fact. Backstreet Boys may as well have handed them a roadmap. Even the narrative of NSYNC wrestling their career away from Lou Pearlman, they did that first too. Mm -hmm. They realized they were getting screwed by him first, sued him first. They did it first. And maybe that's why the top Backstreet Boys song has 900 million plays on Spotify right now, and the top NSYNC song has less than half that number. When you're talking about pop music, it's short for popular. The entire point is to get as many people to care about it as possible. Objectively, Backstreet Boys were better at that, still are better at that than NSYNC ever, ever was. Better at it than Justin Timberlake, too, by the way. 100%. No argument. Perlman was just a narcissist and he believed that he was a genius and he believed that Backstreet Boys' success was entirely due to his credit and he thought that he could do it again. Music Business 101. Yeah, you think you're a genius <laughs> and you try to do it again. And also uh, another thing that happened is they couldn't get talent. They couldn't get artist to come be in this thing. Right before NSYNC's first album came out, some other guy was in the group. I don't remember what his name is, but the name of NSYNC is like the, a letter from each of their last names. And his last name is one of them. <laughs> so they're, like they're one of their first names. Sorry, because they when Lance joined the band, his name didn't match the fucking naming scheme. Everyone called him like Lance Lanston or something like that. So that the N would still be there. Um, anyways, this dude left because he was like, oh, shit. When I tried out for this thing, I guess I didn't really realize what y'all were trying to do, which is this boy band thing that Backstreet Boys are doing. And I don't want to do that. That's what boy bands were in people's mind when NSYNC came along. So they just couldn't get anyone who was actually great at what they did to participate in this before it came out. They broke it overseas. They went over to Germany, Sweden, wherever, and broke them in Europe before they brought them here. Kmart LaBouche is not what I am in the market for today. And then when they brought him here, no one fucking cared Mm -mm. until Disney offered Backstreet Boys to film a concert and show it on the Disney Channel. Backstreet Boys were tired from getting screwed over by Perlman and working their asses off, not making enough money doing it. So they said no, they wanted to take a break. Disney Channel goes to NSYNC, which is what a lot of people probably did in this era. Oh, well, we'll just go to the budget option. That's right. Exactly. Uh, We can get them for like a third of the price, not even like a quarter of the price. They just want the exposure. They shoot the concert, throw that bitch on Disney Channel probably once a week, definitely at least once a month. All of a sudden, NSYNC sales start going through the roof because we're indoctrinating children through our televisions. But you can forget about Backstreet Boys versus NSYNC. We can do the same exact thing with TLC. Listen to the NSYNC song, It Makes Me Ill. Does that sound like a TLC song to you? Okay, that's because it was written by Kevin Briggs and Candy Burris. So who do you think would do that song better, TLC or NSYNC? That's a good question. There's a right answer and a wrong answer here. By the way, No Scrubs, 700 million plays. Over twice NSYNC's highest song. The thing that frustrates me about bands like NSYNC, because there are like really great examples of boy bands, new edition, 
Backstreet Boys, Belle Biv DeVoe. There's like really good examples of like really talented people. By the time it gets to NSYNC, it just feels like a obviously super commercialized version of a whole bunch of people that did it way better before them, like soulfully and more interesting and were better dancers and singers. And so NSYNC comes along and it just becomes a commodity. How many fucking records can we fucking sell? <laughs> and it becomes like, the, it's just purely about money, not about the music. How much money can we squeeze out of this moment? So we have new t-shirts, but I just realized, can we say how, how specifically can we describe the designs of our new shirts? Uh, we have shirts that roundaboutly might kind of make you think of a certain 90s grunge rock band uh, and or another famous rock band from the across the pond. It rhymes with the bowling bones. <laughs> the bowling bones. Yeah. Shmervana. <laughs> <laughs> Shmervana. Come on down to yfbspod.com. Merch store. Buy a t-shirt. Buy a flag. Buy a pin. Buy a sticker. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I don't know how many NSYNC fans have ever gone back and listened to any 10 random hits of New Jack Swing, but NSYNC sounds like a first wave 60 kilobytes per second MP3 version of New Jack Swing music. Yes. This group covering Johnny Kemp's Just Got Paid would be like Mark David Chapman getting a John Lennon tattoo. If you go back and listen to those, which is what I did on the way over here to record this. New Jack Swing? Yes. You don't even have to listen that closely. I'm not like actively, li I'm driving. So I'm literally just driving and listening. And I'm like, oh shit. Timberlake ripped off. He sang exactly like so many of the singers that came before him. Not similar to the point where I was like, shit, did they just literally tell him to listen to this? new edition song and go sing exactly like that because that's exactly what it sounds like the limewire mp3 yeah, version I'm talking about of new edition because the thing is is new edition comes out in like the early 80s yeah like 84 85 86 way ahead of this shit way better and then in sync 10 years later but i guess by that point i guess they were cashing in hoping that like everyone had forgotten who new edition was i mean if you're gonna steal from Something New Jack Swing is what you should steal from because that is one of the peaks of pop music and it blows my mind on a near daily basis that we're not all talking about New Jack Swing all the time. There's something that really bothers me and this is true way beyond in sync. It really bothers me when bands and artists, all they should be doing is crediting those creators for base, for their entire career even existing. If it was a cartoon, if you were an animator and you came out with a new show and you were biting the visual animation style of some other massive show to the same degree that this kind of music is biting the tropes of New Jack Swing, you would get sued so fucking fast and so fucking hard and so successfully too. You would have to give all your money to the person that you're ripping off because it's such a clear thing. And for some reason, when it comes to visual copyrights, people can see it. So they just they're like, oh, yeah, you're clearly copying this person and you deserve to get sued and they deserve all your money. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to music, everyone's just like, oh, no, everyone copies from everyone else. Name the most successful cartoon that looks exactly like South Park. Yeah, there isn't one. There's not one. No. Name the most successful cartoon that looks exactly like Family Guy. There's a couple. Not, not exactly like it. Are they also by that Seth yes. dickhead who's yes. not funny at fucking all? <laughs> yes, they are. Okay. Everything that is similar to that is made by the same guy. You're right. Yes. So what it's, the it's fuck? True. I'm not stealing South Park's entire look. I'm influenced by South Park. You're not allowed to do this in a visual medium, yeah. but it's fine. Fine in audio. The power of fucking unbridled ego is insane. I think what happens is like these dudes get surrounded by people just barking at how, them how great they are all the fucking time. And they start just believing it. The reality of how or why they sing the way that they do or dance the way they do just slips from their mind. And instead of saying, 
thank you for listening to us. Oh, also you should check out all these other artists that like came before us. It's just like, yes, that's us. We did it. We are the fucking greatest. I feel like people remember NSYNC as being the boy group that had better dancing than the others, but that is the opposite of the truth. NSYNC were always very, very bad at dancing. You look at the choreo in the first NSYNC music videos, they were not even trying to hide the fact that someone had enough money to decide it was time for a reboot of New Kids on the Block, but not enough money to pay for new choreography. It looks like they just studied New Kids videos and did the exact same moves. And pause for everyone that's going, no, everyone knows the vibe. Okay, let's erase that generic shitty bye 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 dance out of your brain for well, one it's not second. Even really dancing. And then, and then even tell me another thing that they did. And then if you watch New Edition shit, even way back, their dancing is all choreographed and together and smooth and thoughtful. This ties into what you were talking about earlier with your kids being able to dance to Backstreet Boys and not in sync because all of NSYNC's tracks are just the audio form of pyrotechnic booms at a concert where it's just percussive hits and everything. It's because maybe one or two of these guys can dance individually, but it is a matter of record that Lance Bass could not dance at all when he joined this band. They just needed a fifth guy, so they got a fifth guy. He can't dance. Oh, well, we're just rolling forward with this thing. And that's the entire reason he was later on the show Dancing with the Stars is because the whole fucking premise of that show is either here's this guy you thought could never dance but he's great at dancing, so we're going to throw him in here. Or here's this guy that you assumed was awesome at dancing because he was literally in NSYNC, but it turns out he's terrible at dancing, so we're going to see how good at dancing he can get. That's the whole point of that show. And a boy band's dancing can only be as good as their worst dancer if they're doing this shit, not Backstreet Boys shit. Yeah. In Backstreet Boys, if some guy could sing his butthole off, he doesn't have to dance. He could just fucking sing, and that's why he's there, so it's fine. But in a band where there are only two singers, well, why is that guy there? Oh, it's to dance. Well, he doesn't seem to be very good at that. There are four more. Why are you looking at him? And we're going to talk about this later, but it also causes real issues when you try to, quote, unquote, sing live, and you're doing these herky-jerky dance oh, we, moves. No, we should talk about that now. At the Super Bowl, singing every word. It sounds like this because I'm singing. I can't move my fucking mouth. And we can talk about this now. So NSYNC, obviously a major criticism that gets leveled at all pop groups is that they're lip syncing all the time. NSYNC is one of those Bob Dylan type characters who can't fucking stop reading their own criticism and responding to it all the time. So they decide to make it a point of pride that they never lip sync. Boys, you should have, especially at the Super Bowl. All right. Maybe people don't remember this, but... This group did the Super Bowl halftime show with Aerosmith and they did not lip sync, which is mind blowing to everyone now, but they didn't lip sync. And the reason you can tell is they're bad at singing. Backstreet Boys, when one of them would sing, they would walk to the front of the stage while the rest of the guys were in the back doing the dance thing. Cause that's what you do when you're prioritizing music instead of spectacle. If you're gonna prioritize spectacle, then you might as well just be Kiss. I don't know why these guys are doing this half-ass, we're here to sing is the premise when it's just like, guys, just fucking do crazy shit. Go back and watch the video of them singing at the Super Bowl because we just watched it a little bit ago before we hit record on this episode. Oh, man. First of all, if you're going to be jumping, you're going to be doing these goofy ass dances that aren't even good for bye, bye, bye. And you're literally going to be doing this. And it sounds like this because your mouth is all over the fucking place. It probably sounds even better on this microphone than it does on theirs because those goofy ass headsets. If there's a person actually singing, maybe they shouldn't be dancing. It's not required. You don't have to do it. There's not a rule that says you got to keep dancing the whole time. No, but you're right. You're, but what you said before is correct. When the whole thing is about the spectacle, no, you have to. I would have had more respect for them if they just fucking lip synced. Nobody expected them to sing. They decided to sing, and it was fucking worse than it would have been if they just fucking lip synced. Side note, you know who else wasn't lip syncing? Wasn't dancing either, so he really doesn't have an excuse, is Steven Tyler of Aerosmith. That motherfucker cannot sing. I can't believe that was a Super Bowl halftime show. For a lot of the artists that for some reason the Super Bowl chooses to put up there, lip singing probably is the better fucking choice. If you can't sing, if you're not good at singing, which three-fifths of NSYNC was not, none of the NSYNC guys should have been singing. They should have just been dancing because that's what they were, was quote-unquote dancers, I guess. And Aerosmith should just never touch a microphone again. Steven Tyler should never touch a microphone the rest of his life, and the world would be a better place. In that halftime show, Britney Spears and Mary J. Blige are the only people on stage hitting all of their notes. Yo, if you watch Mary J. Blige sing, why does anybody else even... Uh, how is she a minor character in that lineup? I mean, give her the fucking stage. If you're in that audience, you gotta be like, 
Wait, what about her? Yeah. Why 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 isn't she the one that we're listening to? Cause I feel like I'm getting how much she had to pay for a Super Bowl ticket. Yeah. It just shows you really at the end of the day that music and popularity in music has nothing to do with your abilities. If <laughs> if it was strictly about how good you were as an artist, then Mary J. Blyde would be one of the, I mean, she is a very large artist, don't get me wrong. There'd be a lot of but, famous ugly people, that's yeah, for sure. <laughs> no, no shit. A lot of fucking people that could actually sing. It would turn the whole industry on its head, but it's never been about that. It's never been about talent. It's always been about what's catching on and who can we put money behind and oh, here's this group of kids that can't really sing. Maybe he can't dance, but maybe if we whip him enough times, he'll start dancing and then we're going to put them on the Super Bowl. I know so many NSYNC stands are going to come at us like, they can dance. All right, so fine. I'm going to point this out. You go revisit all the music videos and you tell me what you walk away with as a new understanding. 95% of this group's dance moves are some form of them all just stomping one foot in one direction or the other at the same time while doing b-boy shit with their arms. Step a foot out here, but they just all do it or they all jump this way. Cross their feet or anything. It's just like a step. It's just steps. There's no actual fucking dancing. They're just stomping on these percussive grooves that are not grooves. They just dance like they're like these rigid robot dudes. The dancing is still terrible, but I will admit that the whole turn these guys into plastic dolls was a good idea for a music video. That was perfect. I feel like it actually encapsulates the band other than that i mean there were a lot of bad music videos in the 90s but nsync made some especially bad ones if you watch like janet jackson videos and the way that they dance in those videos and the way I that mean, she dances like not even this is it. like yeah. it's like again <laughs> i mean granted she's a massive artist of course i'm not saying she's not a huge artist if it really was always about talent and ability both as singing and as an entertainer like nsync wouldn't exist they shouldn't exist there's so many other things you would go watch and go what the fuck are these dudes doing they shouldn't be huge. If anyone wants to see how funny NSYNC thought mental illness was in the late 90s, you should go check out the video for the song I Drive Myself Crazy because it's just them trying to act like what they think it is to be crazy in a mental hospital. Oh, yeah, they're it's, all like tied up. Yeah, yeah uh, I remember that. That one did not age well. The other weird thing about watching NSYNC music videos, especially the early ones, is that Justin Timberlake was a child. When that first album came out, it makes all these songs seem really, really creepy or like they're about some fake ass relationship that lasted from homeroom until the lunch period in one day of middle school. I'm going crazy with or without you. It's like, oh, really? Are you 15 year old boy? Is this going to fuck up the rest of your life? <laughs> Get a driver's license. He was already famous way before that too, right? He was on like Disney well, and I shit mean, like yeah, that. Like, little, I mean, this, I mean, not, not like famous, famous, but he had been on some of those like little piddly shows or whatever. Yeah, I, I don't think he was everyone knows your last name famous, but he was Justin on the Mickey Mouse Club. Which I never got into that shit as a kid. Did you? No, no, I never did. No clue. That's why I remember uh, when InSync was popular, they were like, oh, he was on the Mickey Mouse Club. And I was like, what the fuck? Who watches that shit? If you go back and look at 90s culture, NSYNC specifically, you are going to see some of the most tragic fashion choices that ever happened on this planet. These guys, I mean, they all talk about it, too. Like, they will openly discuss it. They look horrific all of the time. You go to the mall and find out that, like, staff at Express are smuggling shit over to the Jenko hot top, <laughs> uh, the Jenko section of Hot Topic and vice versa. What are you doing? Are you Jersey Shore or a juggalo? Like what is fucking happening here? <laughs> they can't make up the rides. It's so true. Why you do you it. have goggles on your head? Yeah. Are you going <laughs> are you going snowboarding after this? Can you please like find a more reflective material to make your pants and shirt out of? Something I completely forgot about from the 90s, uh that whole thing where if you were a guy you could have one of your ears pierced, but only one, and it had to be the left one because having your right one pierced at all oh, meant Jesus. that you were gay. Do you remember this? <laughs> oh, yeah. Fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> I grew up in the 90s. It's not exactly an urban legend, but it's kind of the same thing. You want to know who decided that? How does everyone know this? This was That's, a, that's the thing. Those, those are memes before memes ever existed. How did oh, this become a rule? I have no fucking clue, dude. Because again, there was no Twitter, there was no, there was no social media, no clue like how it got dictated that this is the rule of how it was. 
was it in like a magazine? If you know the answer, shoot us an email because I would yeah, love to know I why. Definitely want to know how that became a thing. I assume because Justin Timberlake was literally the age of a middle schooler when NSYNC began, they tried to make him look a little bit older by hooking him up with an earring pretty early into NSYNC's career. Their first music video, they made a second one because like I said, they broke them overseas for Euro trash and then they had to make a different music video when they tried to break them in the United States. Mm -hmm. uh, the version that they made for the United States, he already has the earring. It's one huge hoop earring in his left ear. It's like, are you a pirate? Having one ear pierced definitely looks stupid as shit, no matter which one it is. Yeah, it's almost always bad. Like, it doesn't make any sense that you would have one fucking ear and pierced. It's a big, thick hoop. Yeah. Looks like he's about to play Sinbad or some shit. It's a terrible look. All boy band first albums, one of the best things to do is scan the lyrics and look for what the identity of the group is supposed to be because it's something that someone always put a lot of thought into. It's like, okay, this is going to be the brand of this boy band. So all the songs on the first album have to be about this. And if you look at the themes of the first in sync album, the theme is basically I'm a shitty boyfriend, but I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. All the songs are about them apologizing to a girl. And it's so funny because was this supposed to be a boy group for girls and young women to drive around wishing that their shitty boyfriends would apologize to them for being <laughs> shitty or, <laughs> right. or like, what is going on here? You know that somebody out there is like, yeah, this is when the demasculation of men started was this in sync bullshit. Do you know what is the least masculine thing I can think of to do right now would be to complain about how men are not masculine anymore. <laughs> I was just going to say to be the person that says that. Yes. hundred yeah. percent. Yo, do me a favor real quick if you're listening to this podcast. And, Which you uh, are. What you're obviously listening to this podcast. Do oh, you think they're listening to the podcast right now? They're still listening. <laughs> yeah, I guess they're listening, yeah. We really need you to subscribe. Wherever you're listening, hit the subscribe button. Definitely make sure you're subscribed. We've got merch now. What, shirts and pins and stickers and stuff? Yeah, on the website. Go to our website, yfbspod.com. Just do it. Just do it. That would be a good slogan for Man, something. we should make a shirt. Okay. <laughs> Whiplash of a conversation change, but if I was Justin Timberlake, I would buy an island with no internet and go there for the entirety of the month of April. It's gonna be May. <laughs> uh, it's really funny to me that everyone latched on to this sounding like Justin is saying it's gonna be May instead of asking themselves if it's maybe a little weird that the only guy to remain a star from the group is the one holding everyone else in the video back while he says it's gonna be me. No one else thought this was strange yeah. at any moment. It was almost like they were foreshadowing something that maybe they had planned on doing. Also, it's kind of fucked up. If you, I almost feel bad for the other members of NSYNC. I don't know. What the fuck else would Joey no. Fatone be doing? Right? <laughs> Making pizza in fucking Jersey or something? I don't fucking know. Hey. Uh, that's an in sync song. It's not a fucking Justin Timberlake song. But every May 1st, it's always just Justin's picture. Did you know that after that meme took off, the label or whoever manages the Spotify listings and other streaming services listings actually changed the title of the song? So if you go look it up now, the title is It's Gonna Be Me hyphen it's gonna be may so that everyone who was not alive on this planet when that song took off and doesn't know that the joke is the song is really called it's gonna be me and they only know it from the meme if they go to a music app and type in it's gonna be may that song will come up and it still only has way less than half of the most played backstreet boys song not even memes. Not even memes can get it there. That is a bad song. That is not a good song at all. I think pop is probably one of the worst songs they ever recorded. The song like, pop? Yes. Oh, fucking it's terrible. Like, as far as like a song that try, they tried to make popular, that is one of the worst songs that they ever did. But what is, it's going to be me. What is that? What are they? When a band tries to act hard, that's obviously not hard. It really bothers me you know, like you're holding him back or something like that in the music video. What are you holding him back from getting it, his ass beat? Okay, so here's the other thing. If you do a serious analytical read on the lyrics of It's Gonna Be Me, 
there's a very disturbing way to read the lyrics of that song. Do you want to pull them up on your phone actually? Sure. Cause my, yeah, my yeah, busy. yeah. Um, I think that the song is supposed to be about when the person that the song is being sung to gets tired of running around and trying to date other people, they're going to come back to Justin because he's the one saying it's going to be me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's also, I think a way to read these lyrics in sort of a, it might not be her decision that it's going to be him way. Every little thing I do never seems enough for you. That's you Weezer wanna, shit right there. Yes. You don't want to lose it again, but I'm not like them, baby. When you finally get to love somebody, guess what? It's going to be me. Yeah. I that mean, is, that definitely sounds like to me a little forceful. Keep going. Every I, little thing I do never. See, that's the, that's the yeah. cook, I guess. Uh, you've got no choice, babe. That's actually, this is a lyric. Not good. You've got no choice, Not babe. good. Not good. You don't want to be saying that to a woman <laughs> in 2022. That's yeah. for fucking sure. There ain't no time to waste. You're just too blind to see. But in the end, you know it's going to be me. You can't deny. So just tell me why. Every little thing I do, blah, blah, blah. Super creepy. Yes. If you've never read The Collector by, fuck, no, I'm not going to remember. Whoever the author is who wrote The, the Mages, John something, I'm, I can't remember the name, but the book, The Collector, that is what this song reminds me of. Like the kind of guy who would kidnap a woman and keep her in his fucking basement. It's really not good. It's always weird to me when like very poppy songs say shit like this. When you really think about it, that's kind of fucked up. But because it's like a popular song, you don't really think about what you're saying. You don't have a choice. It's going to be me. No, you, you don't have th- a choice. Yeah, so, is that, That's the kicker for me is you don't have a choice. Toxic masculinity. I would argue that that is that idea of like, no, it's me. I'm the fucking guy you're going to love. You no, know, it's presented in this singing and they're dancing, but like, it's still the same fucking thing. If it wasn't Justin Timberlake saying it, if some, you know, burly dude was saying that in like a heavy metal song, people be like, oh, that's kind of fucked up. If a non-aesthetically pleasing person was saying this to yes. you, you would read yes. it in an Perfect. entirely yes. different way. Yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. Oh, that's so hot. It's like, really? What if he was a fucking biker? Yes. Would it be hot then? 100%. If the guy singing these lyrics to you in the bar didn't look like Justin Timberlake, you might go, oh shit, I got to get out of here. This guy's a creep. These songs don't work unless... You want to fuck the guy that's singing it to you. (laughs) Also, there's no way that Justin Timberlake is good at sex, but I bet all three of the can't actually sing or dance guys in NSYNC are pretty incredible in the bedroom. They got to make up for it. Like they got to prove themselves, you know, I bet Joey Fatone fucks. Yeah, I literally was just going to say, I bet you Joey's like the best guy in the whole band. God, I like mean, if, if there's a girl out there that's banged all these dudes, which I've uh, well, you actually know for a fact you haven't done that. If you've banged a majority of the guys in NSYNC, I'm telling I, I got to believe that she's going to say Joey's well, the best. I do get really bummed out when I think about Lance being in the closet the whole time that he was in this group. That had to be a very not fun time for him. I think it really is a bummer to look back and like even at a time when uh, in the late 90s where you would think or early 2000s, you would think that we would have been past all that. This is also when you have Eminem going around saying incredibly hateful shit about gay people sure. and being like praised for it and then being called out on it and being like eh, the way I'm saying it isn't the way that you're hearing it. It's like, okay, motherfucker, but it's the way a lot of people are hearing it. Uh, agreed. I don't know. Sometimes you always look back at things and think that it was better than it really was. You know what I mean? Because there's a couple people that I went to high school with that I know for a, that came out later in life. And I like to think that like, oh, if they had came out in like 1996 or 1997, maybe it wouldn't have been a big deal, but maybe it would have been. I don't know. Maybe I was just completely ignorant to it. I know for a fact there were definitely kids that would have cared. But what's cool, and this is, has nothing to do with this episode, is that my buddy <laughs> has kids that are in high school now here in the South. And he was like, dude, he told me this. My kids do not care at all anybody's sexuality at all. They're just Why like, would you? Yes. Which is encouraging. It's super encouraging. Total side note rant. But I mean, unfortunately for Lance, the band that he was in was terrible. I think he's doing fine. I think he's got a podcast now oh, or sure. something. And as we all know, podcasts matter more than music now. I mean, once they booted Lou and he went to jail, didn't he? Like he got fucking, he went to jail. He died, he died in prison. In yeah. He died in prison, which rightfully which so the dude was a fucking terrible guy. He definitely deserved to die in yeah, prison. Yeah. Like if there's anybody that like, fuck that guy, he was genuinely a terrible person. Well, and then it, it came out later that there was accusations that he made advances on not anyone in sync. I don't think. 
but uh other the later era like making the band era some of those guys have said that he would make weird comments about uh because obviously all these guys had to like go to the gym and get fit and get abs and everything he would make weird comments about sure how good they looked and try to like touch them unnecessarily sure i mean the dude was a fucking four alarm piece of shit there's no way around that i mean he was an actual criminal that actually got indicted for real crimes and went to prison and died in prison. I mean, I have no idea what it would have been like to have a conversation with this guy. I assume that he had to have been very likable to talk to. Only way any of this he shit was works. was like a perfect salesman. I don't understand how NSYNC specifically got taken by this dude. Backstreet Boys get it, you know. If you were a kid who grew up loving New Kids on the Block and all of a sudden some guy comes along, he seems to have a lot of money, and wants to let you be the new new kids on the block sure yeah you go for it i get it justin timberlake was in the mickey mouse club he had Mm -hmm. been through the disney system he had seen show business and what it can do to people i don't understand how they end up signing the same contract that backstreet boys signed that makes no sense to me yeah no i agree you would think because there was some mild history with show business. I feel like I have a pretty good radar for like, oh, this person is a fucking parasite. Only reason they're talking to me is because of what they think they can get out of this conversation. How do you not get that? We as adults would not fall for somebody waving money and fame in front of our face at this point in our lives. I think it's just if you wave money, fame, girls whatever in front of a bunch of young kids eyes they just are like yeah that sounds fucking great i will say it is the one thing that i do kind of feel bad for in sync i watched the documentary years ago about lou perlman it's fucked up and and we talked about it before recording this i gotta feel like there's some animosity amongst band members i don't because they all somehow signed this horrible agreement and nobody had any inkling. Like they didn't, maybe they looked at each other and said, dude, you were kind of famous. Like how the fuck did we, did you let us sign this deal? I don't know. Maybe they didn't, but I probably would. What's wild to me is when they first suspected that they were getting screwed over, which took way too long. First of all, I mean, obviously all these guys are a little bit dumb. They had generated tens of millions of dollars in revenue by the time they even had an inkling. When they first suspect that they're getting fucked, one of them takes their contract to their uncle, who was a lawyer the whole time. If your uncle was a lawyer, would you ever in your life sign a contract without being like, hey, Unc, could you take a look at this real fast? Seriously. I'm not a lawyer. I could have read that contract. I mean, I've seen it now and I could have told these guys like definitely don't fucking sign this. If you look at the percentages that Lou Perlman gave himself in this contract, first of all, 100% of the publishing. Off the top. That's where all the bands make their money. Pre-Napster, that's where all of the money was in this business. Gives himself that as like non- Let's call it non-talent side, like the business managers, agents. This is the percentage that they get. He gives himself 100% of the publishing on that side. But also, technically, and this is, again, the same contract that the Backstreet Boys signs, technically is the sixth member of Backstreet Boys and NSYNC. So he gets his percentage on the non-talent side, but then the percentage that goes to talent, he also gets one-sixth of that. I think that is the sales pitch, right? The sales pitch is to a bunch of people that don't understand how money is actually made in the business. He says, I'm going to get it paid as a member. Whatever you make, I make. If he wraps that conversation around the reality, which is him owning the things that actually make the money, I guess he's young kids. Oh, that's a good idea. Okay. Your uncle's a lawyer. You should have him read it. If somebody's offering you a ton of money, it means they believe you're worth a lot more money than they're Way offering more money you. Than that. yeah, offering, that's that's the first rule. If they're offering you a million dollars, that means they think you're worth at least 10. So you should absolutely have your uncle, the lawyer that you hired, oh, and Morgan and Morgan, who or whoever else you see drive, call them. Here's something I think that people specifically trying to make it in any arm of the entertainment industry do not know. You don't have to have money to have a lawyer read your contract. No. If you seem to be going up, there are a hundred lawyers 
who will take you on and tell you that they will worry about the money later. Yes. I think you're going to be a big deal. And I would like to have you as a client, specifically in the entertainment industry, maybe different in other instances in this world. If you have juice, if you look like you have juice and you're coming up, you can get a lot of lawyers to read your shit and help you out. That's a fact. Yes. Because they want you to hire them. And when they get hired, they get paid in points, a percentage. And typically it's a relatively small percentage. They have multiple clients. It's not one person latching onto you like a fucking parasite. Well, and they'll get a piece of everything that you do. So even if they take 3% of your million dollar signing bonus, fine. But they'll also get 3% of your touring and everything else that you do. But that's their job. That's the most important thing for any, any creative who is trying to be an active participant in industry, whatever that looks like in your field, uh, lawyer. You don't need a manager. You don't need an agent. No, you, you need a lawyer. You need a lawyer. You need a lawyer and a business manager more than anything else in your life. But a lawyer is the most important person you well, will hire. Yeah, if you're dumb uh, and you think you can uh, spend all the money you get as soon as you get it, you definitely need a fucking business manager. Anybody, anybody who ever tells you that you don't need a lawyer, run the fuck away. These are bad people and you need to run away. A good business person, even in the music business, will say, yes, you should have a lawyer look at this. So this always happens when we're talking about boring groups, but we just went on like a half hour digression <laughs> that has nothing to do with NSYNC. Uh, just to close on an NSYNC related topic, I think that this band's last album is gut busting hilarious. All the songs are about how it is ultimately badass to be a pop boy band, even if it attracts some gold diggers. And they're going to be in a pop boy band forever, blah, 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 blah. But then almost as soon as this album comes out, Justin Timberlake leaves the group and within, I guess, five years, maybe is saying all this shit in interviews about how embarrassed he is of having been in NSYNC. If this is your favorite album, I that's got to be devastating. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's brutal. What a brutal dickish thing to say. To look back at really the reason why you have a career at the end of the day and be like, oh, yeah, no, that shit sucks. He's right, though. It he, does. I mean, suck. of course he's right. But like maybe you want to insulate the feelings of the people that you were traveling around the world making millions of dollars with a little bit. They were all getting kicked in the balls from Justin at that point. I think a lot of the hardcore NSYNC fans actually do not like Justin. If NSYNC is your favorite band, I would like you to feel seen and heard right now. I understand that Justin is not your favorite member of this group because how could he be? He has talked the most shit of anyone on your favorite band. He's not the best singer in it, but he got the most attention from it. It's the fans worst nightmare. The guy who's not the most talented member of the group is the one who gets famous. You hate that. It's like when you're a fan of a band and the one song that everyone knows from that band is actually their worst song. And you hate that that is the most popular song. Justin Timberlake is that song. The embodiment of it. That's literally him to a T. It's him. The first track lead single from the album Pop. The premise of that song is people talk shit on pop music, but it's great and we're going to do it forever. But then you skip to Justin's first solo album, literally two years later. All he can talk about is how he intentionally made an R&B album and it makes him mad when everyone calls it pop music. Shitting on this genre and industry that put him where he is. That is probably the worst song that the band ever fucking wrote. In my opinion, <laughs> the band of a uh, It's. I mean, it's sorry, I've had a few worst, too many Pepsi's. Single for sure. Oh my god, I feel like I told this story in a different episode, but maybe not. I have an in sync story. Did I, I, I feel like I told you this story. Tell it now. If I was really as dedicated as I should be to this podcast, I would have frosted my tips like I did when I was young and stupid. You can hold it against me. I don't care. I was young. Um, so one time I'm from New York when I was in New York city, hanging out with my friend, we went and saw a show. Uh, we were in Times Square, uh, Creed or something like that. Hell yeah. Yeah. It was Creed, Our Lady Peace and Oleander. Fuck yeah, dude. Yeah, Our Lady was, Peace is a very underrated band. Dude. Way underrated. That could, dude could sing like a motherfucker. Three good albums at least, maybe yeah. more. So I think I had one tickets to this show somehow. I don't even remember. But anyway, so we were there. We went to Times Square randomly because I'd never been in Times Square before. And it turns out that TRL is yeah. recording. 
A, you have not told this story before. B, I cannot wait to okay. hear the rest of this. So one of the producers of the show, they get in line because they're like, oh, you never know. Maybe we'll get to go in TRL. And there was like a random day, so it doesn't matter, right? So she walks up to me because I'm this young dude with like spiky hair like I have now, but with frosted tips. She said, you guys want to be on TRL? And we were, of course, like, oh, fuck yeah. So we went on TRL. And thing is, uh, while we were up there, it was really cool to be on TRL. She came up to me afterwards and she said, hey, NSYNC is coming on in a couple of weeks. She wanted me to come back. I don't know if she had a crush on me, whatever, it doesn't matter. But she said, would you come back and be on the episode? Because we're, it's like an invite only thing for the show, for that particular episode. And I said, sure, I will. And I shit you not, I did. I drove from Syracuse to New York City on the day that NSYNC was on. And I got to go up and be on TRL with NSYNC. And it was the time that there were so many people in Times Square that they actually had to shut the blinds. 20,000 fucking crazy fans. And so they like lowered the blinds and I was actually on TRL with NSYNC. So this, there's video of this on the internet is what you're saying. Yes, I actually have found it on YouTube, them of this particular thing. And I, I found if you pause it, you could see me in the crowd. You're up in the studio, right? Not on the Yeah, studio. no, okay. in the crowd, like in the, like up in the TRL studio, there's probably only maybe 50 people in there, less 40 people. And at some point they're recording the regular episode. Carson Daly comes up to me and just, just being nice. Cause he seemed like a really nice guy. He goes, you like NSYNC? And I was like, no, not really. And he goes, yeah, me either. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> and I just remember thinking, this is awesome. I'm on TRL for like the second time. And NSYNC is sitting like 10 feet away from me. And, there was a moment, I think, in the episode where one of them goes over, <laughs> one of them goes over and waves to the crowd. The producer, like commercial break, was like, "You can't do that again. You have to stop the stop cops." Oh, yes, yeah. the cops are going to shut this whole thing down. If you grew up in the '90s, TRL was so popular. Still remember to this day uh, because nobody else wanted to do it. Because you remember they would uh, have random members of the audience request the song. The top 10 songs, whatever. And nobody wanted to request Bush. Because <laughs> Bush, whatever Bush song was popular at the time, like, who wants to request Bush? And I was like, I will. All right, boys and girls, that is the fucking end of this episode. If NSYNC is your favorite band, your favorite band sucks. You are welcome for another new Jack Swing episode of Your Favorite Band Sucks. I'm in a hurry, so you know the drill. Go to our website, yfbspod.com. Get a link to the episode. Share the link on social media. If anyone gets in your comments to say some dumb shit, like, duh, everyone knows NSYNC sucks, you can reply with a link to the page on our website that lists every episode we've ever done and say, hey, homie, everyone knows all these bands suck. That's not the fucking point of the show. The point is to listen and laugh, so press play or get the fuck out. I do have not exactly a correction, but I did notice the song It's Gonna Be Me is no longer titled exactly the way I described on Spotify. But it does still look that way on Tidal and other streamers. And if you search It's Gonna Be May on Spotify, then the song does still come up. I assume someone yelled at a Spotify intern to add the meme title to the metadata so they didn't have to have that idiotic thing sitting right there on NSYNC's artist page all the time, but whatever. Anyway, right now I have a question for everyone. Do you know where you are? You're in the jungle, baby, and when the podcast returns, it's with an episode on Guns N' Roses Sucks.